from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. If there's something I need, I don't already have. I know I'll get it from a good friend. If there's something I need, Hi, everybody. It's Jamie Lee Curtis, and you're listening to the Good Friend Podcast, presented to you by iHeartRadio. It's a podcast about friendship. We talk about everything. We cry, we laugh, we think about what it really means to be a good friend. And I have conversations with some of my best friends, some people I've never met and sort of everything in between. So I hope by the end of it that you have a really good sense of what friendship means to me and the people that I consider friends. And I hope you can take those same ideas into your own friendship groups. And I hope you enjoy it. Good morning, good day, wherever we are in the in the podcast universe together. Um, my guest today is my friend Michelle Williams. Thank you for joining the Good Friend podcast. You are a good friend. Oh, you always have been. I wouldn't have missed it. Yeah. Well, it's very sweet of you to do, and I know you are busy because you have recently given birth <laughs> to a beating heart of a child and um, you're in the middle of raising your now, you know, teenage daughter and uh, your husband and maybe some work. Um, So I appreciate it. We were unlikely 
friends. You know, I don't know about you. Do you, when you work on movies or a TV show or a play for that matter, do you really connect in with people? Do you often find that you make a friend? I find that there's always one person that you take with you. It's one of the things that I love so much about what I do is that it is communal and it's exciting because there's so many people with so many stories and so many lives intersecting. And while I feel while I'm working close in a certain way to everyone, because you're all engaged in the same pursuit, I find that you, there's always one person that you take with you and that really lasts. And that's us. So let's just, for the uninitiated listener, wherever you are, however you are listening in this way that you can listen to things in so many ways, in cars and in on trips. My husband falls asleep to podcasts. Please don't fall asleep to this one. Listen with a sort of invigorated ear rather than one asking us to put you to sleep. Even though I have my good sort of FM DJ voice on where it's like, hi, it's 11 o'clock at night and we're here, just you and me and Michelle Williams. And we're going to put you to sleep. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that um, you're listening. But for those who do not know, Michelle and I met on the movie H2O, which was the 20th anniversary of the movie Halloween. And do you remember sort of when you knew, like, do, was there a defining moment in that experience for you um, where we where we both went like, hmm, I'd rather hear it from you first. I have mine. It makes me like feel like I'm free falling through time and space to imagine how many years ago that was. It was a long time ago. It was 22 years ago, at least, or maybe even 23, because the I'm, <laughs> I only look at my life based on Halloween years. And we just did the 40th anniversary of Halloween. Yeah. 2018, we're in 2021. So that would be 23 or 24 years ago. It's a long time. Wow. You know, I don't know if I have like a specific memory on set per se of like when we locked eyes and minds. But I, you know, I remember the I've been thinking about doing this for so well, ever since you asked me, I'm like, oh, how long is it going to take me until I start crying? I cry when I think of you almost immediately. Like how, how, how many minutes are we in now? Five minutes. I'm like, so I don't have like a specific set memory because it was 25 years ago. It was a very humanizing experience for me. You were the, the first person to ask me questions and wonder what I thought and talk to me with so much dignity and respect and interest. And I, I felt like I sort of became a person instead of just a sort of blob or, or an idea in somebody else's mind. I became like, you put the Michelle in the Michelle. And it's amazing how close that, that experience feels 25 years later. Yeah. Well, you see each other in a way. I don't, I can't identify what it is that you see. That's, that is, you know, 
chemistry that literally is some sort of magical experience that occurs when someone sees you i remember we we connected because we talked about books yeah we started talking about literature and i mean i know there are people who talk about maybe more trivial pursuits and get really jacked up with each other talking about a lip gloss that they love and by the way i'm not denigrating the friendship connection over a lip gloss if that's what happened but with us what happened was it was literature and the you were how old were you then i mean i don't even know ah i mean you were young you were young i was really young yeah you were young and yet you felt very formed to me and you had an artistic formation that was very clear um that you you were talking about writing screenplays you were talking about producing screenplays you were talking about literature and for me what happens with friendship is you do find these connective tissue moments and that's what you build your relationship on and for the uninitiated um or from our new friends listening when i after we had worked together on this movie um i believe i gave you a book as the wrap gift if i'm not mistaken i believe it was a first edition of something that was important i'm trying to remember which book it was but when i visited you in new york city you were a young actress you had been doing a play on uh, off broadway you've been doing killer joe right. in an unheated off broadway theater the barrow street theater in the dead of winter in a very tough play by tracy letts um really tough emotional physical role you had done your tv show and now you were in this freezing cold theater doing eight shows a week in this brutal part really it's brutal it's it's you are brutalized in this part and i remember visiting you in new york and when i have and by the way i have copied you for all of the listeners here's my like decorating michelle williams decorating tip it was a loft space it was big open space and the entire room was lined with stacks of books yeah. so not bookshelves imagine stacking on their side about 10 books and then another 10 and then another 10 so that the entire baseboard of this apartment were books and i remember when we walked in and i saw that i have copied that since then by the way thank you but i i remember how important literature was to you as it is to me and for me that's the friend that's like the beginning cementing of that friendship yeah. because let's be honest i am much older than you at the time i was married with one no i was married with two children um i had been married a long time i was you know uh, living in los angeles and and you were young and just at the beginning of your career and you had had this experience on this show which obviously brought you a lot of attention that i don't think you <laughs> really wanted i mean it the nature of the show was it was successful and therefore there was a lot of attention but the depth of your interest in art and literature was for me the great glue 
it was just the cementing of um, how we knew each other. And still is. It is still and will always be. You it put is. books under my Christmas tree this year. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you have allowed me in. And I think that's the great gift of friendship. When you said you had already started to cry, I, I woke up crying. Because, you know, this isn't trivial to me. Doing the Good Friend podcast, I'm not going to ask you what moisturizer you wear. I don't give a shit. What I know is that you've let me in. And in times in your life and in times in my life that have been incredibly difficult to navigate, which is just life. Yeah. It's just life. It's everybody. There's a phrase, you know, everybody gets their turn in the barrel. (laughs) And we're, you know, you've been in the barrel. I've been in the barrel. Our friend, other friends have been in the barrel, but the the trust in each other um, is what makes me feel safe, which is why that's to me. To me, if you boil down, like if I say the word to you, good friend, what is the, what is, what, what does that conjure up in you? You know, I think a lot about this because I think about, I think about the friendships that I value most. And I think about what are the qualities of those friendships and how can I be the friend that I value to somebody else. And I think it's the ability to tell a kind of, you know, to tell the truth, to tell the truth and to tell it kindly, but to tell the truth because your friends have an access to you that no one else does, you know, and they can see what you're blind to. They can see, you know, we all have our own inherent blind spots that we just, we are unable to perceive about ourselves, but our friends can. And when our friends can see that and then kindly tell us about it, it is, it can be life-changing. Mm-hmm. And I think that some friendships sort of get stuck in a rut where you don't, where you don't tell those truths because you're afraid of, you know, rightly so, you don't want to hurt your friend's feelings. <laughs> so the ability to perceive and tell a kind truth uh, is, you know, what feels like a good friendship to me. Yeah. The ability to to travel, which I think is what you're talking about, that I feel like we've always had, which is the ability to travel somewhere interior with each other very quickly and with total trust. Mm-hmm. And like you said, for some magical chemical reason, you and I have always been able to do that from the very beginning. We could travel inside of each other quickly, efficiently tenderly mm-hmm. we would just go to deep places fast you know i don't think we've ever had a conversation about moisturizer <laughs> or <laughs> and by the way again there are people that that spend a lot of time and money on moisturizers and you know i i appreciate that you can find that content somewhere on the internet and i'm sure there are conversations with people talking about moisturizer and that's groovy I'm happy. And by the way, you know, it's an important aspect of your beauty. <laughs> Look, all of a sudden, you know, commercials for whatever nameless moisturizer. Yes. I I also think there's an understanding with us. So I was thinking about it because we have never lived in the same city 
We only get to visit each other when we are visiting the the other's city. And at the same time, there are often requirements and a lot of push-me-pull-you's when you're visiting. So, for instance, you live on the East Coast. When you come to the West Coast, it's usually work-related. It's not like you are dragging your entire family out to the West Coast unless you're A, working, or B, that you're promoting or, you know, the promotion of movies or television or awardee worlds, which bring people to California often. And, you know, it's hard to carve out time for friends and because you have a lot of things going on. And often when you land in Los Angeles, you're really busy. And by the way, it's not like, I'm really busy. I really wish I could see you. I'm just so busy. I know what your busy is. And I think that is the key. Is you see, I know what your busy is. And I'm not talking about busy. The other busy. The other busy with the podcast. The other, <laughs> the other busy. Your beautiful busy. I'm talking about understanding. Like when you're here and I don't see you, there is zero on a scale, zero attachment to that I didn't see you. I only know I'm going to see you when the stars align. It's just the way it works. We throw out the net. We say to each other, I'm coming here or coming there. But only when the stars align, when the window opens, when the thing gets canceled, because you can make a priority to see each other. But if you make it too intense, the time constraint, it feels sort of rushed and like, hi, I really love you. I really love you. I just, what's going on? What's happening? Oh, I got to go. And it doesn't have the same depth of contact. And so my experience with you is that when we make that space, when the universe allows the space, when our family life allows the space, it it happens. And I think that's a big part of being a good friend is giving people space. Mm -hmm. Overwhelming expectation Mm -hmm. and in a way disappointing cloying Mm -hmm. need i personally always feel i am um not satisfying that person's need for the contact and you've never with us as far as i can tell and even if we had had a conflict over it i would talk about it here with you because it would be open and honest but my experience with you is that we hope the, the universe allows us the time together. The universe being a combination of our family lives, our work lives, our spiritual lives, um, allowing it. And I am so much better for those contacts. We'll be right back with more good friend after this quick break. So stick around. I 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. That's the other thing about a podcast is interesting with particularly with people that you genuinely love is that the reason I will never write a book is because I don't want to betray the confidences, the intimate confidence that I've had with people for strangers, (laughs) for the consumption of strangers to what understand me a little better. So there are things that have occurred between the two of us that will obviously remain between the two of us. And we can speak in a more sort of theoretical level because I write books for children. And I, I, I would like to say I'm child friendly, Mm -hmm. uh, child centric, child friendly. Many of the listeners uh, would say I'm just immature. Um, I would say that. Uh, they might say it. They might say it. But when um, you've been a parent twice and at at very different times. Very different. With very different circumstances. Very different. I, 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 I just, I, I, I'm seeing these flashes. Like I'm having like a, a near... I don't want to call it near death, but I'm having like a, a near something friendship flashing in the past of like moment after moment after moment of these really 
full times and like, and there you are and there you are. And you said that, and I took it with me and you said that, and I took it with me. Like, it's funny because our lives don't intersect like you were saying, because we live in different places. But when I think about the like major events of my life, there you are. It's really astounding, which might also be a virtue of the fact that we, because we don't get to spend you know, idle afternoons together that when we are together, it just, it goes to like the, the deepest place that we can mutually explore together. And that we've always been interested in that too, that we've always wanted to go find that like deep, dark, sacred, secret place together. And that to me, is what friendship really is about. It is really that level of trust and compassion. Because regardless, I don't care if this is a women's friendship show or a, it doesn't matter. We are humans. And every human I know, there's not one that hasn't had very difficult times. And for me, it would be trivial, anything more than you. There has never been a time we have not wept together because we feel safe. And really what I, I've wanted, I want safety. I want safety from you, with you. And you have graced me with some safety stuff and... What happens is when someone gives you that gift of trust, you feel trustworthy. You you can't say you're trustworthy unless you've been given a trust, unless you've carried someone's secret, you've carried someone's grief, you've carried someone's um, joy, excitement. That's to me what's the y- yummy, delicious, satisfying aspect of a friendship, our friendship. You know, tears rolling down my my face, um, s- sort of snuffling. But that's how it feels, and that's how it has felt with you um, from the very beginning. Um, I do want to ask you a couple questions about your earlier life because so many people's friendships get formed in their early life. Like you grew up in Montana, right? I grew up in Montana and then we moved to San Diego and then I moved to Los Angeles and then I moved to North Carolina when I got Dawson's Creek. Right. And you were little. You were just a, a wee girl. Yep. Do you still have those friendships? Do you, are there people that you, were you able to go into that or was it more to sort of what I like to refer as kids do parallel play? You know, because I left school when I was so young, I, I stopped attending any kind of traditional school setting when I was, I don't know, 14, 15 or something. So I don't have early friendships. I was thinking this morning, I was thinking, are you my oldest friend? And 
you are my second oldest friend. My first friend was Mary Beth Peel, who played Grams on Dawson's Creek. She was my first friend, and we are still friends. So I, I didn't really start to cement relationships until I was 16. Is that how old you were when you made that show? I was um I was 16. Yes, I was 16. At the front door. 16. At that point I'd been emancipated and I had um graduated high school. Yes, you were. <laughs> uh, so I could work as an adult and I didn't have to have a set teacher or a guardian um because those things cost extra money and they can't work you as long hours. So um you know, I was I was I was 16 when I started that show and you know, as I just said, like not a friend in the world. Um and and then I met Mary Beth and she would talk to me about a place called New York City where people did plays and read books and saw black and white movies. And I just thought like, oh, I'll I'll go there. I'll go there. But it was a pretty lonely, a lonely life until then, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, and you're a performer, you're an actor, you're an artist, you're a writer. None of that comes from, I, I don't think, I, I don't think I've ever met an artist who didn't feel that tremendous amount of loneliness, that sadness, that uh, yearning. Thank you. I'm, I'm looking up at a tree, an oak tree, as I was looking for the word yearning. That's exactly right. It's a yearning for contact, for creativity, for understanding. I want to be understood. You know, I'm, I've am i entered a, a period of my life now where I am like, if not now, when, if not me, who? I am here. I am going to die sooner than later. I mean, it's, it's if I wrote a book, which I'm never going to do. <laughs> for the reasons I've already expressed during this podcast, Sooner Than Later is the name of the book today. If I'm writing a book today, it's called Sooner Than Later. And so I have no time to waste, none. And I have been looking and yearning for that contact with people my whole life. And it's just rare to find it. There are people I know who are best friends with the people they knew in kindergarten, all the way through grade school, college, work, kids. There, I see pictures of these people. Everybody has arms around each other and they're smiling and laughing and having the best time. And I'm just not that person. <laughs> If you see photographs of me as a baby, and I, I'm not going to put them up on some website for iHeartRadio, so don't go looking now. But every photograph of me, I look stunned. Me too. <laughs> me too. I'm always alone and completely forlorn. Yeah. I'm, I have this look on my face as if someone just shouted from the other room, Jamie! And I, I have this look of like, what? 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 I I'm I'm I am I look shocked. And 
That doesn't mean I didn't have loving people around me. And I have an older sister. And although we are very different, you know, we, you know, I had an ally. You know, I'm I was lucky enough to have an ally, a real ally, someone who who I could go, what am I crazy? Like, you know, so that there is a little feedback there, which is so uh, valuable. Um, but finding a friend, as you said, sort of an unexpected friend, I didn't expect when I showed up that first day on that movie, you were seven, 18, 19 years old. I mean, it was just not what I expected. And it was thrilling. I want to remind you about Edward Hopper. Of course. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Right? No, I bet that I still have that treatment. Yes, like old notes. And when we used to write things by hand, remember you you got me to get my first computer? Oh, well, the reason is, again, for the listener, I know we're having a conversation, but since there are people listening in, so uh, it's a long story, but a friend of mine named John Borman made a movie. Uh, it was part of, I think, the BBC did a, a, a bunch of these individual movies about works of art. And the idea was that you took a piece of art and then you wrote a narrative around that piece of art, that painting. And John did the two nudes bathing photograph, uh, photograph, excuse me, everybody, the painting where two women are in a bath and one is looking toward the camera, I mean, toward the painter, and one of them is pinching the nipple of the one sitting next to her. And John Borman created an entire wonderful movie about that painting. And you and I were looking at a painting by Edward Hopper. And you said, I'm going to write a movie. I I have an idea in my head about that story of that painting. Do you remember that whole? You had told me the story of your friend. And so you together, I don't even think I couldn't credit myself with the idea. You were like, you should make this world come alive. Wasn't it the one of the woman coming down the stairs? Down the stairs. Yeah. Those paintings are just so much about isolation. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They are not. Those are not paintings of a bunch of happy people with their arms over their shoulders, throwing up the shaka symbol. (laughs) 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 You know, (laughs) but, you know, they are people in isolation, in an internal moment of something. And it's what great art does is that it pulls you in, it makes you relate. And I remember thinking again, that you were 20 years old at this point, and you were going to go write a screenplay. Like that's the level of your artistic commitment when we met. So again, it was a young woman who we met on a movie. And I too, by the way, don't, I'm lucky if I walk away from a job 
with a real contact. One of my my friend, Rick Frank, who died, um, he and his husband both died of AIDS when they were 40 and 41. But Rick and I connected when we did this TV show called Anything But Love. And it's so rare for me. So it was rare for me on a, you know, a horror movie set in a school. There were a lot of people running around. It was, there was a lot of pressure on, on the movie. It was a sequel. So there was intense pressure on everybody. Do you remember they reshot the mask? We got two weeks of the mask because they didn't like the way the mask looked. But I just, I'm, I was taken by the depth of feeling that we had so quickly on that movie. People can find each other like that though, isn't it? Like I always used to think about it as like having antennae, you know, that you're, you have, and you have these little sensory particles that are sort of out in front of you and you're able to identify others like you. Mm -hmm. Now you also have had a very full life. You've had a full personal life and a professional life. I got to see you do cabaret. You like to mix it up. You know, Fosse Verdon, as you know, as we spoke, although I didn't know Gwen, Gwen was a version of my mother. Gwen was a version of women like my mother. These professional women in that time Gwen was a redhead. My mother was an auburn head originally. And the like time warp head snap for me with that work was crazy town. Did you see Mank? No. Uh, okay. I know what it is though. Yeah. I mean it's it's but it's from that time and place. And here we are in 2021. And it's always challenging. To see other times and places being recreated with the language and the verbiage and the way words were were thrown around. And it's more and more challenging to really feel that verisimilitude of time and place. Completely. And it was exciting for me. But I went on, I sorry, I went on a I went down the MW radical professionally, but the point I was trying to make was simply that you also now are married and you have raised or are raising two children. And there are friendships that you also make with your children as the conduit. I I have made a lot of friends because of the um, bravery of my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We had the same exact thing in England. When I went to make the sequel to A Fish Called Wanda, and we rented a little house on Cadogan Square. And the first day, you know, you were told there's a key to the garden and, you know, only the people who live on the square get to go in the garden. And I remember we arrived and we went into the garden. And Annie you know, sort of ran off. There were a group of kids. And when she came back, she introduced me to her friend. And I said to her, where do you live? And she said, 69 
Cadogan Garden. And I said, oh, that's so funny. We've just rented the house at 69A Cadogan Garden. And what happened is they went home to her house. We went to ours. And our houses literally faced each other with an eight-foot little courtyard. And Rachel and my daughter, Annie, and Susan, her mother, and I, okay, Susan and I became lifelong friends. (laughs) Marianne, her older sister, became very much the relationship that you and I had. Marianne, I think, was 15. And we were so into Courtney Love that it was crazy. (laughs) And Annie and Rachel went to the same school and we created, we took a piece of PVC pipe and extended it across the courtyard. And we had a basket and we would send things. We lived, we could look in their window (laughs) and it was all because Annie brought these people to me. And that's what happens in friendship. I think many people listening can relate that the children bring the parents and then the parents and the other parent kind of start to dance with each other a little and see if the pieces fit. And that can be a really lovely aspect. And because, you, as you said, you travel so much and now you have a new baby and now you're going to have that whole and a little boy baby, by the way, very but you're going to have that wonderful experience with the friendships that you will make as he grows up, as you and your husband meet other people in the park and those friendships that are going to be built. And um, it's such a joy, isn't it? When you're, when you are with your friend and you are watching your children interact with each other. You know, it's like the two greatest joys in life, these relationships and to sort of, and to have them, to be in them at the same time in your adult relationships and, and in your relationships as a parent and in the children and their relationship as friends. It's like, it's a great joy. It's one I really miss, you know, after this year. Yeah. Strange year. Strange, strange year. So I'm the if not now when if not me who i'm going to die soon sooner than later i'm on the book tour right now <laughs> this is the those are words to live by do you find you have to let go of people uh, i again i'm not trying to get you know maybe your friends are going to listen maybe my friends are going to listen so I'll be careful you know it's hard to do a good friend podcast cuz you're going to talk about friendship and a lot of the people that you know might be listening but i find my experience talking to people is that there are old ideas and new ideas and that a lot of friendships cling to the old idea of the friendship and that they don't metamorphosize. They don't shed the skin of the old idea and move into a new idea. Um, Can you relate to that at all? I can. I have, I, I have another motto, which is rejection is protection. 
And so when a friendship fades, I, I choose to believe that it's, it's in the best interest of both of our personal growth. And, and I have lost a couple of friendships and it's very painful, but I also, I'm quick to let go of things. My husband always says the oceans are rising, the oceans are rising. And so we're very quick to let go of, you know, so small things really don't bother me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I really do believe that, you know, everyone is doing their version of their best. And so I don't really second guess people's motivations or choices or, you know, everyone makes sense to themselves. If they don't make sense to me. That's fine. But I read something that really had a, a profound impact on my life. And it was an article talking about how sometimes a few times in your life, it's important to make choices based on who you want to be, not on who you think you are. And because if you just make a series of choices based on who you think you are, you're going to miss out on a few big growth opportunities. Because you say to yourself, well, I'm, I'm not the kind of person who would ever do X, Y, and Z because I'm the kind of person who does A, B, and C. And you keep building on this idea of yourself that a few times in your life you have to break from and say, I'm not going to be that person anymore, but you have to make a conscious effort and think about who you want to become and make a decision in that direction. We'll be right back with more Good Friend after this quick break. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. 
I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Now that we're swapping mottos, um, there's a wonderful novel called Special Topics in Calamity Physics by Marisha Pessel. And in the middle of this book, it talks about the planning of our lives. You know, we think this is how life is supposed to go. You're supposed to do this, then you're supposed to do this, then you're supposed to get this job. And, and in the middle of this book, she says, it's not true. She said, life hinges on a couple seconds you never see coming. And what you decide in those seconds determines everything from then on, and you won't know what you're going to do until you're there. It's a partner of what you just said, which is we have to be open. We can't be calcified, closed people. We just can't. We can't as artists. We can't as parents. We can't as partners. And we certainly can't as friends. And therefore, you have to be able to, as you said, the oceans are rising. It's some have to go. And, you know, you, I started crying before we started talking. I was crying this morning thinking about talking to you, remembering some moments in our lives together. And then it, you got me going again just now when you said we're all trying the best we can. That's so human to me. That's so at the core of friendship. That's why when friends put on each other those feelings of like, my feelings are hurt, or I don't not getting enough of you, or I didn't hear from you, and you talk to them and they're like, oh, hi. And the oh, hi really means, oh, you haven't called me in a month. Exactly. Hey, how are you? And the minute I hear it, yeah, I realize they don't know me. Yes, because they don't trust me. Right. They don't trust that I am doing my absolute best in every moment. And if that includes them, yes, great. And if it doesn't, it doesn't diminish them. It's, it's not personal. It's not personal, but people take it so darn personally. And that's, I think, really the way that we can now end this conversation because what it started with and what it will end with is that, that we may not live in the same place. I may not get to watch your son become a man. I may not have access. I may not be in the path of that experience. But it doesn't mean I can't be your friend and cheer you on along the way and be there should you need some support about something and that I don't want more from you than I get. And I'm so happy to have what I have with you because it's such an integral part of my life. 
And I love you. I love you too. I think that we also trust that even when we aren't there in the same physical space, that we carry ideas of each other and memories of each other and words from each other and intentions from each other, that people exist in our minds and in our hearts and in our daily lives without seeing them. Like you have had an impact there is a shadow of you. you. Your impact is in my life. Your spirit is in my life. You have a very strong spirit. I'm sure it's in many people's lives. I, I, I can't imagine how many people like attribute something to you, you know, attribute something that they've made, something that they've created, a way that they've parented, a way that they've been honest. Like you must be everywhere. You taught me how to sue the baby. You taught me with Matilda. You know, every time I pat my baby, I'm doing the Jamie. Well, but by the way, there is no doing the Jamie because, of course, Jamie learned it from somebody else. It's how the the beautiful connective tissue of people and experiences and being open to it. And um, what I will say to you is that I am better. I am just better being able to call you my friend and you know it's I, I all of a sudden carol king and james taylor you know you call out my name you know wherever i am i'll come running i mean it's that it it, it thank you carol for that because yeah. that's how i feel and i'm we the community of strangers listening to this today will and have taken some of this and will employ it into their own, uh, apply it, employ it. <laughs> I'm like into jobs or work. It's <laughs> like, employ, employ, what, what, what? Can I ask you a question? Of course you can. We've discussed that you won't publish a book, but would you ever publish a book of your photographs? You're a nice girl to ask me that. Um, no, here's why. Um, I, there's no need the, uh, you know, the way you publish a book of photographs is for charity. So if there was a, a universe that made sense to me to publish volumes of a book of photographs, but I would give 100% to children's hospital Los Angeles, um, because the one thing I must tell you is I, you know, it's the other quote. We, oh, By the way, we all live by all these effing quotes, so don't hate me, people. But, you know, it's from The Princess Bride, which is really the one I live by, which is life is pain, highness, and anyone who says differently is selling something. You know, I sell a lot. I'm a seller. I'm a really good seller. And what I don't want to do is have to sell the artistic parts of me that are me, that are mine. And for me, the concern I have is that I would have to then go sell it and turn it into commerce. Now, there could be a world, I can't imagine I'll ever pull it off, but there could be a world where I would make a book of photographs, but I would connect it to selling it to benefit something other than me. To the people who are listening, you would be so lucky to see 
the way she sees. So I hope that there is a universe in which that happens. That's very kind of you. I'll donate. I'll donate a, a certain photo. Yes, I know. <laughs> Picking up, which um, shall remain nameless right now. Um, here's yeah. what I will say. As I'm really, this is really the first official podcast recording. A, thank you for being a good friend. To all of our new good friends listening, I hope you find something in our conversation that helps you connect deeper and stronger to your good friends or something in our conversation that makes you jettison people (laughs) out of your life if all of a sudden you're like, yeah, that's an old idea of friendship. I'm out. And then, um, and anywhere in the middle. And for all of you, you would all be very lucky to have a friend like Michelle. So thank you. God bless you, everybody. I love you, Michelle. And go kiss that baby. Thank you for showing me the way, Jamie. Love you. I love you too. Go kiss your baby and husband. And uh, everyone stay safe. And uh, God bless you. Thanks. Good Friend is produced by Dylan Fagan and is a production of iHeartRadio. Our theme song, Good Friend, is written, produced, and performed by Emily King. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. 
If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.